Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, Will he kill himself? Is that why he says, Where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? they asked. Just what I have been claiming all along, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is reliable, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing on my own but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. Let me add my uh, compliments to all the mothers in the audience and those who might listen in to this service sometime in the future. Um, I love mothers. I had one myself, and she's a wonderful person, and I've been married to one that's been a mother for 65 years. So I'm acquainted with mothers, and I really appreciate all that they do. So I wanted to say that before I got started on what we were going to talk about this morning. Now, <clears throat> the text that we read is a Exchange between Jesus and some of the of his proponents, opponents, not proponents, but opponents. Some that were questioning him about who he was, what he was saying, and what he intended to do. And one of the things he said was, in this whole context, as they were examining him, they were, they were saying, "Who are you?" And, and the reason they were saying that was because Jesus was telling them some things that they did not want to hear, did want, not want to recognize. And in, in this context, he tells them that he says, I'm doing nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. So what he's saying is, I am speaking for God. Now that's interesting. Two, two issues come up when, when we begin to think about God. Two very important problems arise in our mind or not may not problems but issues and one is that when we first decide that we believe that there is a God and that we believe in him when we come to that conclusion we believe there is a God and we believe that he has created everything that we see he's created us he's our creator then the next big issue that faces us is has he communicated with us has he said anything to us? Does he, does he talk to me? You know, if, if we never talk to one another, we don't know one another. We, we understand that, don't we? Communication is a vital part of our lives. And if we can't communicate, we can't know. And certainly we can't know someone else if we don't communicate with that person. Correct? Amen. And communication is by words. We have to hear something. 
we have to be able to understand some words. Somebody has to speak to me. Sometimes it becomes difficult to understand that a, that a person is talking to you is actually the person you think they are, right? Sometimes you'll get a telephone call and somebody will identify themselves as someone that you don't recognize. And they may ask you to do something that you're not sure whether you ought to do it or not, especially in this age of telecommunication where people can call you on the telephone or they can get into your computer and they can ask you certain things and you don't know who they are, but they're communicating with you. Correct? And you have to find out who they are before you can respond or before you even know what's going on. Well, here's the issue. God has communicated to man down through the ages. Now, he has communicated sometimes directly. Now, I've got to tell you this from what the Bible says because I have no other information than what the Bible tells me about God's communication. So the Bible tells me, and I'll get back to that point in just a minute to try to try to illustrate what we're talking about, but I have no other information about God communicating with us except what I read in the Bible. Now, I do know from what I read in the Bible, and I'm, I'm a Bible believer, that God did communicate directly to some people. Matter of fact, when we go back to the Garden of Eden, we know from the Bible again that God talked to Adam and Eve directly. He spoke to them, communicated with them. And we do know that as time went on that God communicated with the man called Noah. He communicated with the man called Abraham. He communicated with Moses on the mountain and everybody else could hear the thunder and hear the voice, but they couldn't discern what was going on. But he was communicating directly, face to face, as the Bible says. Okay. Now, if we believe that God communicates with us directly today, then, then there are cer- certain procedures that we have to look at and certain things that we have to define. What I want to tell you is that down through the hi- biblical history, that God communicated rarely, rarely with people face-to-face and individualist- individually. He communicated by relay, which meant that he talked to some, and those in turn talked to others. Okay, so he talked to Moses, and Moses in turn went down from the mountain and he talked to the people on the behalf of God. He spoke for God, okay? Daniel had some dreams. God spoke to Daniel in a dream. So God communicated so Daniel could understand what he was saying and then Daniel in turn relayed that information. You follow? Okay. Now what we're looking at in this text is Jesus is saying... I am speaking for God. Now that had to be startling to these folks. Here is a man saying, I'm telling you what God wants you to hear. I'm communicating with you. So we have this first point. The one who communicates by relay for God is Jesus. In this text, he's telling his audience that he's speaking for God just like the old prophets did like Isaiah did. You know, Isaiah said, listen up, I'm going to tell you what God is saying in Isaiah chapter 1. Jeremiah said, the word of God came unto me, saying, you know, you remember this one, Ezekiel 37. The dry bones, you remember that one? 
them bones, them bones, them dry bones. And Ezekiel is talking to Israel. He's saying he's actually calling Israel a dry bone. He's calling them dry bones because they have they don't have any heart, they don't have any soul. They're just dry bones. He's saying, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So again, Ezekiel is speaking. God is speaking through Ezekiel by relay. You see, so Ezekiel is saying, here's what God is saying. Ezekiel was a spokesman for God. And that's what the Bible tells us in the New Testament. For instance, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 said, God, who at sundry times in divers manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world. So Jesus was speaking for God like the Old Testament prophets who heard him were speaking. And that's what Jesus said to the people that he spoke to. He said, he, as a matter of fact, he told them several times, what's written in the scriptures? How do you read? Don't you under, didn't you hear what God had to say through the prophets? That's what he's saying. The prophets then documented what they were saying. They wrote it down. So sometimes Jesus would say, what is written in the prophets? How do you read? So these prophets, not only did they orally speak, God was speaking through them, but they wrote down what God was saying so that they had a documented a documented document or a, a document that was um, equipped to tell people what God was saying, how he was, how he was talking to them. Now, Jesus made this statement several times that he was speaking for God. In Mark chapter 1, verse 21 22, Here's the impression that people had when Jesus was speaking. Now, it, it's not as if he just spoke and people let it wash over them, but he was an impressive speaker, not that he was eloquent necessarily, but that his very presence and his very speech was impressive to people. In Mark 1.21, it says, They went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. As the word doctrine means teaching. They were astonished at what he was saying. He taught them as one that had authority, not as the scribes. He spoke powerfully, and he spoke with significance to what they were needing to hear from God. In Luke chapter 4, verse 31-32, it says, He came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power, authority. So they were feeling like Jesus was speaking with a heaven-sent message. He was speaking for God. That's how they felt. He was able to speak plainly and forcefully because he knew, he said he knew, what the Father wanted him to say. So he's not just on his own saying, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think. He's actually telling people, and we have the documentation in the New Testament, that he was, he was saying, I'm telling you what the Father would tell you if the Father were here talking to you personally. Follow? John 10, verse 30. He said, I and my Father are one. What he's saying is, we agree. We agree. Then the Jews took up stones against the stone him, and Jesus answering, saying, Many good words have I showed you from my Father. For which of those words or works do you stone me? The Jews answered, saying, For a good work we stone you not, but for blasphemy, because you being a man make yourself God. 
How is he doing that? Because he was speaking for God. That's what he's saying. What I'm saying is what the Father wants you to hear. In John 1 verse 18, it says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. He's declared Him. John 7, 16, Jesus said, My doctrine is not my own, but Him that sent me. So, He's talking about the doctrine. He spoke the truth that was first spoken by the Scriptures of the prophets, and then He was telling them the truth as the Father had revealed to Him. Now, the question we have here is, and again, we're going to make this application as we move along. If someone, if I were to tell you that God whispered something in my ear last night in a dream, and I want to tell you what it is, then I need some credentials to tell you, to show you that that actually came from God. Jesus had those credentials. In Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Peter mentioned that. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and signs and wonders, which he did in the midst of you, as you also know. So what did he do? He healed the blind. How do I know you're speaking for God? He healed the blind. He made the blind see. Not just someone that was having difficulty with his vision. Not someone that didn't have pure 20-20 vision. But somebody that was blind could not see from birth. So he healed them. The deaf from birth could not hear, could not speak. Healed them. Immediately, not over a period of time. Lepers who were afflicted with that deadly disease that would eventually take their life and separate them from their community, their family, friends, and, and their society, healed them immediately. So when Jesus said, I'm telling you what the Father told me, his credentials were signs, wonders, and miracles. So if I tell you that God whispered something in my ear last night, what do I have to do to, to show you my credentials? Well, let's go on. Let's go on. Jesus spoke for God, for the Father. He was a spokesman, and he was qualified and credentialed to speak for the Father. And, of course, his, re his resurrection further emphasized that point. But how about, the, how about those after Jesus left that claimed to be speaking for God? So these, these men were called apostles. Now, Jesus selected 12 men, and you can, you can read about them in about four places in the New Testament. They're named. Matthew, Mark, Luke mention them, and Acts mentions them. But John doesn't, doesn't name them, but he, he talks about them. He selected these 12 men to be his spokesmen. So what we're talking about is God has talked to people through, that is by relay, to individuals. He did by the prophets in the Old Testament. Jesus, by relay, but Jesus was God. But again, Jesus had the credentials to speak for on the behalf of God. Okay. Now then, these men who went forth preaching were equipped to speak for God in two different ways. First of all, Jesus said, when you're going to talk about me in the kingdom, don't you think about it. You're going to be brought before governors and kings and take no thought what you shall speak, but it shall be given you in that hour. For whatsoever you shall speak will be given you by the Holy Spirit. I will, I will speak through you, is what he's saying, and the Holy Spirit will speak. So he's, he's equipping them. 
They're not going to be speaking what they thought, their opinions, their judgments. He said, I'm going to equip you so that when you talk, it won't be you. Primarily, it will be the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Now, that's the difference in the New Testament documents and every other historical document we have in this whole world. The Holy Spirit was speaking through them. Now, in Matthew chapter 28, after Jesus rose from the dead, he chose these 12 men. Matthew 10 talks about it, and Luke talks about it, and Mark and Acts talks, talks about these men, names them, and all but one of them made it through after the resurrection. You know who he was. Judas Iscariot, he just couldn't, couldn't do it. He couldn't hold up. Anyway, in Matthew 28, verse 16, after the resurrection of Jesus, it said, Then the eleven disciples, not the twelve, the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. It said, but some doubted. Now, we know who doubted, doubting Thomas. He's the guy that wasn't really sure that this was Jesus resurrected. But Jesus proved it to him, remember? He put his fingers in the, nail, in the imprint of the nails and thrust his hand inside, and he said, he said, my Lord, my God. He, he recognized who Jesus was. But Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded to you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. So he's telling them, now you go teach, you go speak for the Father. That's what he's telling them to do. Speak for the Father. I've been speaking for the Father. You speak for the Father. You speak for God. That's what he's telling them. Now in John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus, after this, Jesus, after his resurrection, was going to send someone to help them. And that one that he was going to send was the one he talked about in Matthew 10 when he said, don't you use your own words. I'll give you the words. He tells them how, how that's going to happen. He said, I'm going to give them through the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 14, 26, he said, but the comforter, the word comforter is the word paraclete, which is the Greek term, but it means one who stands by. So anyway, it says, the, When the Comforter has come, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. How did Matthew remember everything Jesus said? Well, he couldn't. How did Matthew put down that genealogy that you read in Matthew chapter 1? How could he do that? You say, well, the guy had a photographic memory. Well, I don't think that's true. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through him, revealing these things. So now then, you have the relay going from the Holy Spirit through the apostles speaking on the behalf of God. In John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27, when the comforters come, this is again Jesus' promise, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you shall also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit's going to speak through them. Friend, if you've never read the New Testament, if you've never read the Word of God, you, you, you're in for an experience. It, it is the most wonderful document in the whole world. As you read it, it just fills you. The Holy Spirit is doing that. It just fills you with awe and wonder and amazement. It's just, it's like any, nothing else you'll ever read in your whole life. Nothing in this whole world can compare with this. It's God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit, through the apostles, through His Son. Wow. Coming by relay. 
John 16, 13, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, thus shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Now, in addition to this, we have to understand that these men were certified. In other words, God certified these apostles so that we know that what they were saying as they were speaking for God is what God was saying through them. Now, Paul said it this way in Galatians 1.11. Paul was, a, Paul was one selected after the twelve. So Paul wasn't one of the original twelve. He's the next one. He was, he was after, after that, and he explains himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But in Galatians 1 at verse 11, he said, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which is preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it by man, neither did I get it by man. So he didn't get it by man, but he got it through Jesus Christ. But he got his gospel. He said, I certify you. Now we, we ask the question, how did they certify? How were these men certified? How do we know? The same way we know that Jesus was speaking for God, we know that these men were speaking for God. Here's the text. Mark 16, verse 15 through 20 said, Jesus, after his resurrection, with these men, these 11, he's saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Here's the certification. Go preach. But here's the certification. Those that do that, they can speak with new tongues, new languages. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he received up, was received up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. There's the certification. Confirming the word with signs following. How do you know if a person says, I got a dream last night and God said to me to tell you, then let's see some certification." Drinking deadly poison and not hurt you, being bitten by a serpent, not swelling up, getting sick and being able to get, overcome a deadly disease. These are the signs. He said, "These are the certifications. These are these are the ways that you can understand that." Now, in Acts chapter two, these men received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter two, we can read that in verse one through four. When the day of, day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And there suddenly there came a sound from heaven round about them like a mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. This is talking about the, the apostles. And it said, There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. So now then, here's a man that says, I'm telling you what God wants you to know. And he's got an audience of five people, five different people, speaking five different languages. And he can speak every one of them. But he, he, never, he never studied them, never learned them himself, but he can speak them. That certification that what he's saying is from God. Okay? That's a, very, that's a very simple point. Now, Paul and Barnabas went out. Paul, of course, was selected later, but the same thing happened to him. God filled him with the Holy Spirit and with that kind of power. In Acts 14, verse 3, Paul and Barnabas said they long time stayed there where they were in Antioch, and abode speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony 
of the word of his grace. He gave testimony of his word. These men were preaching, saying, God wants you to do this. He wants you to know this. And it says, he granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. He's certifying them. They're, they're credentialed. They can say these things for God because they have the signs, wonders, miracles. They have the credentials. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, Paul said this, Now we were ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray in Christ that be reconciled unto God. Paul is saying we're beseeching you as though Christ were doing it, and Jesus was God, and Jesus was speaking for God, so they could speak for God. Now Paul expressed how and why Jesus had empowered him. And he said this in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, he said, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. Those were his credentials to speak on the behalf of God. Those who are hearing the word of God, hearing the word of grace and mercy and the, and the salvation of the blood of Christ, have never heard before, were assured that the message they were hearing by these mortal men, these messengers, was coming from God. They had that assurance about the signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. In the presence of the power of God, they could understand that this is how God was speaking to them, communicating to them. Now, what happened if you just have these men, 12 men, and then Apostle Paul, and maybe even Barnabas became an apostle too. You have 14 men. How could they go out through the whole world and tell everybody what God wants them to do and be limited as they were in geography, limited in their, their ability to travel and so forth. They, they traveled by foot or by boat, sometimes by camel or whatever it may have been, but that would have limited their travel to, to a great bit. So these men in turn were able to lay their hands on other individuals and pass on that power of being able to speak the word of God without having to study it, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So in th this is what happened. In Acts chapter 6, we know that this went on. Acts chapter 8 talks about Peter going, Peter going to a, another city, and they're, they're providing that same power. But an early example in, in the book of Acts about individuals who were prophets, not apostles, but men who had heard the word of God and that the apostles had, had authorized to go out and preach for them, these men could also cert be certified and show that what they were saying was from God. Not just men, but there were women too. There were one, one fellow, Philip, had uh, four daughters that prophesied. But in Acts chapter 6, verse 7 through 10, it says, The word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did wonders and miracles among the people. Stephen. The hands of the apostles had been laid upon him earlier in Acts chapter 5, and so he could speak on the behalf of God, and he, had, he was given the ability to work signs and wonders. And it says they were not able to resist the wisdom and spirit by which he spoke. Philip is another one. Now, Philip went down, you recall, he was on his way to Caesarea, and uh, he, went, he was uh, passing through Samaria, and he, he ran into a fellow that was in a chariot, the, the Ethiopian eunuch, and uh, he, he baptized him. But in Acts chapter 8, verse 4 through 8, it says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. 
Now, you have to remember that if they were out preaching the word and they were telling people what God wanted them to do, if they came to you or to me, the first thing I would ask is, how do I know what you're telling me is from God? They're no different than we are. They would be no different. These people would be asking the same question you would ask. How do I know what, you, how do I know what you're telling me is what God is telling you? How would I know? That's the question you have to ask. And these individuals going out and preaching would have to do the same thing that the apostles were doing, that Jesus was doing. They had to have the credentials. They had to say, okay, here's, look at this, watch this. And so they healed people. They even raised the dead. They restored limbs. They brought people back from the dead. Now that's, that's credentials. Okay, in Acts, after Acts 8, verse 4 through 8, it says, They that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things that Philip spoke. Now he's one of the guys that the apostles laid their hands on. And he said they were hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So he was speaking and performing miracles. It said, For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many were taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. So there was healing going on. And there was great joy in that city. In addition to the apostles, the Holy Spirit was given to others who could speak for God that we've been talking about. And they were called prophets. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12, it says, He gave some, that's talking about God, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, they could speak. They had their credentials that the apostles had. Once they laid their hands on them, and they could speak on the behalf of God, they had those same credentials. Of course, these gifts would cease when the, when the New Testament was completed and documented, and you didn't need that kind of credentials any longer to know that this came from God. So they, the apostles and prophets wrote down the information God gave them, put them in a document form, wrote it down, and when that took place, then the miracles, signs, wonders, miracles, were no longer necessary because people could resort back, just like in the Old Testament. You can resort back to the document and say, okay, is this what God is saying? Well, this is what apostle, the, the apostle Paul said, and he wrote it down. This is what Peter said, and he wrote it down. This is what James said, and he wrote it down. This is what John said. Here's all the writings. Okay, once that is done. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and verse 8 says, Love never fails. Whether the, there be prophecies, they shall fail. Now, why would prophecies fail? Because there was no longer a need for them. No longer a need for that, that sort of speaking on the behalf of God. Whether there be tongues, that is, different languages, they shall cease. Whether, whether there be knowledge, that is knowledge, there would have to be knowledge that, that you can't come by ordinarily because knowledge continues on. You know things, I do too. But extraordinary spirit-filled knowledge, that's, that's going to cease too. When that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. Now we understand that to mean when the document was completely codified, then these, these, these necessary gifts ceased. 
Now, the next thing we come to in terms of speaking for God is you. We have to talk to you about this. This is the current day. God is not communicating by dreams or visions, and the heavens are not being shattered by his voice. Neither is God speaking through individuals who perform miraculous deeds. You know, I don't believe you're going to see any of that. If you see it, you need to, you need to document it and record it. But I, this, is, this is not happening today. Through the written document that we call the New Testament, collected like those that Jesus used when he taught, it is written, we as believers are inspired through the written word of God to teach. So we have the responsibility to teach. I do not have to perform a miracle to demonstrate to you what God wants you to do. All I have to do is open the book, the New Testament, and show you the document and say, here's what is written. Here's what God is saying to you. This is what God is saying to you. 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul told Timothy, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said, study. How could they study if they didn't have a document to study? Which they did. It was written down. 1 Peter 4, verse 11 says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. How can I speak as the oracles of God? The oracles of God would be God's speech himself if I didn't know what it was. If he's not going to give me the ability to perform miracles, he's not going to give me the responsibility to tell you things that I don't know anything about. But I have to have the credentials. If I don't have the credentials, I don't have the revelation, you see. All I can do is turn back to the text and say, here's what God told Jesus. Here's what Jesus told, me, told them. Here's what the apostles said. Here's what the prophet said. Here's what is written down in the documents. And here's what I have to say. I, the only thing I can do is say what God has said. And that's the oracles of God. Let him do it as the ability that God gave him. In 1 Peter 3.15 says, Sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you of reason and hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We speak for God only when we say those things that God has dictated through his inspired spokesman and have written them down for our edification and information. If I tell you anything about what God has said that I cannot show you, in the inspired documents, you have no reason to believe it. Amen. Only what I can read to you from the inspired word. What a book it is. Amen. How great it is. Jesus said, I'm speaking for the Father. The, the apostles said, we're speaking for Jesus. The prophets said, we're speaking for the apostles and what they said. And when we come along, we say, we're speaking what the scriptures say. What is written in the word? This is the Word of God. And you have that responsibility to teach. If you know it, tell it. If you don't know it, learn it. Once you open this book, you can't keep from talking about it. You have to tell somebody what you know because that's what God, He's relaying His information. He relayed it to His Son, to the prophets, to the apostles, to the Word, through you. He talks to this world through you, through his word. God help you do that. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation.